Hey, hello, howdy there, friends. I've never said howdy before, so why did I just say it right now? I don't know. We may never know, but hello. Welcome to the Inspiring Honey Show today. I'm super excited to be able to record this podcast for you, and I'm really excited because in today's episode, we talk about all things. We talk about honoring your body like a temple. We talk about spirituality. We talk about diving deep with your faith. We talk about yoga, and we talk about being a woman in faith leading a business. This episode is filled with so many golden nuggets and I am so thrilled that you get to listen to it now. I know you're going to get so much value and truth and impact so that you're able and more equipped to live inspired. On today's episode, we have Danica Spadafora. She is a yoga teacher, life coach, and founder of Stand Unshaken and Unshaken Yoga. Her greatest passion is to help women walk in peace and freedom that God offers to us as his daughters. She has been so blessed to have opportunities in various ways to teach Christian yoga and lead wellness retreats. Her business, Stand Unshaken Yoga, is an online platform that equips women to live intentional and make a big impact. She does it through blogs, online teaching, and in-person events. One of her favorite things is meeting people through the community. Her husband and her just recently moved to Virginia. So let's welcome Danica onto the show today. Hello, Danica. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you and hear all about Christian yoga and the wisdom that you're going to share. Thank you so much for having me. I am super, super excited to share. I know that a lot of people have a lot of questions about Christian yoga, and so I'm just super happy to have an opportunity to share like my perspective on it and maybe clear some things up for people too. Yeah, I'm really excited. I actually got introduced to Christian yoga a few, maybe I want to say over the summer by one of my best friends, and I started to get really curious, and I actually started mm-hmm. to fall in love with it. Um, yeah. It's amazing. So... I'm super excited. I actually even have listeners send in questions for you that we'll talk about later in the show. Awesome. I'm so excited. All right. So let's just hop in to today's podcast by asking this question. And it is three random and funny facts about you. Maybe your favorite (laughs) dog or food. I don't know. Something random. Okay. Okay, Well, the first one would have to be, and if anybody follows me or knows me well, this won't really seem random. It's like what everybody associates me with but I am obsessed with matcha it is my favorite thing in the whole world I worked at coffee shops all throughout like high school and post high school and I never liked coffee I've never had a cup of coffee but I'm obsessed with matcha um and I like tell everyone in the world that they should try it because it's so good for you um so that would be probably my first fun fact another one um I'm obsessed with dogs I don't have any pets but I literally like on a regular basis, we'll just see a dog and like be like start to cry to my husband. Be like, look how sweet it is! Like, I wish we could have a dog. I love it so much. Yep, um, me too. Which I guess like would lead into my third fun fact, which is the reason we don't have a dog, and that's that we um, love to travel. And we actually spent last year like traveling and primarily living out of our car while we were road tripping like all around the West. I'm from Colorado, and so we spent a lot of time like out there exploring Utah and Arizona and Colorado and that whole area. So. Someday we'll have a dog when we're ready to settle in a little bit more, but 
that time hasn't quite come yet, but I'm waiting for it. When we get a dog, I've told my husband, as soon as we're ready for one dog, can we just get like four, like just all at once? Let's just get four dogs. He's not quite on board, but we'll get him there. That literally sounds exactly like me. I'm obsessed with dogs. That is so cool that you guys traveled the country and lived out of your car. That is so like adventurous and spontaneous. Wow. It was super fun. We, we've both always loved to travel separately. And then ever since we met and like got married, it's just definitely been exaggerated in us. And we kind of knew that the situation we were in like two years ago was going to be temporary. And so when we felt like that time was up, we just decided to like, let's just take some time off while we can and road trip and do the things that we've been wanting to do for a while. So yeah, that was what we did. It was really awesome. Definitely an experience that I was super, super thankful for because it was just a unique time in our marriage and in our life. And we had a lot of fun. Yeah, what an amazing experience and time. I bet that is a once in a lifetime type of thing. I mean, maybe not. Maybe you'll do it again, but that is (laughs) so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. I don't think I'd be that brave to travel for like a whole year. I don't know. I would love to, but I think I'd just be so nervous about it. Well, it's like a lot of people say that or like, how did you make it work? And I think people just have a perception that it's harder than it is. But once you start and you just kind of plan a trip and go and learn how to budget, like it's so much more accessible to people than they think it is. I'm such a big advocate for travel and adventure and things like that. So I like always tell everybody they should try and take big trips. And you, I really think like once you figure out what you want to do and you just plan for it properly, it's so fun and it's a lot easier and a lot less expensive than people think it normally is. So I think that's such a great life lesson as well. Just keeping in mind that it's so scary until you jump in. And then when you start going, everything just seems so much easier and it just flows so much more naturally. And you just kind of teach yourself as you go. So I think that's, that can be applied to business and life and faith and just everything. Literally everything. Yes. That is my motto. My husband is much more like thoughtful and like strategic than I am. And I'm just like, that's a good idea. Let's do it. Like, let's go (laughs) just like jump right in, make it happen. So he's been a good balance for me. But yeah, I think there is something that like just having an attitude of like, let's just go for it and see what happens and figure it out along the way that can be really fun when you just start to do that. And I think faith really does play into that because when you believe that God is always going to like make up the difference and just fill in the the gaps um, of the knowledge that you don't have or like the courage that you're lacking, then the world just becomes a lot bigger and there's so much we can do. Definitely. I love that perspective and that life lesson that just came from that. Yeah. Yay for travel. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about what I'm sure a lot of people are asking right now and what even is Christian yoga? I know, I know what it is, but to the listener who has no idea, what is Christian yoga? Okay. So Christian yoga, I think people try to make it a lot more complicated than it is or like than it needs to be because basically Christian yoga is just taking elements of like a traditional yoga practice and then using them as a way to connect with God. And so that doesn't always mean like doing the traditional yoga poses that you see. Like it doesn't mean you're doing any sort of weird like the chanting that people might associate it with or like um, that the postures are causing you to do certain things. It's really just taking stretching, meditation, and prayer, and then using all of that as tools to connect with God in a unique way. So that's kind of like base level of what it is. You're just taking these different, yeah, like tools or elements and 
using it to spend time with God. It's really helped me to internalize scripture more, um, to find more stillness. And it does become like a lifestyle where you take those elements of meditation and prayer um, and that closeness with God and you can carry it off of your mat. So the poses and like the yoga sequences are all just kind of one element of the whole thing of Christian yoga. So since you were talking about the poses and how there are different elements to Christian yoga, what is the specifics that are going to differentiate doing Christian yoga from regular yoga um, that you would get in a uh, studio where you just walk in and there would be idols and mats and weird music or (laughs) secular type of stuff that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with? Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that I tell people is that Christian yoga is different from traditional yoga in a lot of different ways. And I think that for myself personally, when I first started yoga, there are kind of some barriers that I set up around my own practice that helped me really keep it focused on the Lord. And so um, some of the things that make, and I don't want to speak for like every person who practices Christian yoga, because of course it is a personal thing. And um, I always suggest like looking into the teacher that you're going to be taking the class from, even if it's Christian yoga, just to make sure that like what they teach really aligns with scripture, um, because you can't guarantee that it's going to be consistent. But how I differentiate it and what it looks like in my practice and in my teaching is that I always open and close with prayer just to make sure that we're starting the practice off recognizing why we're there and that, yes, we're hoping to stretch and get a good workout, but that really the intention is to spend time with the Lord. And so um, in my own practice or when I'm teaching or filming a video, I really like to start with the language of like, God, we invite you into this space. And so you're just setting aside that space to be for you and the Lord. Um, So that's the first thing. And then I always close in prayer as well. I also really like to integrate scripture. Like I said, it's helped me to internalize scripture and like memorizing it and really just taking the time to let a verse kind of make its way from my head to my heart. So sometimes that looks like for me, I'll write out a verse on a piece of paper and put it at the top of my mat. And then while I practice, as I'm going through the different postures, anytime I see the verse, I'll just read it over. I'll think about it, work on trying to memorize it, things like that. Um, I also usually play um, like instrumental worship music if I'm teaching or just like full on worship music if I'm practicing by myself. And I think that um, I used to be a dancer. And so I love music and I feel like you know, when you combine movement and music, to me, that's a really special space. And then when I was able to combine my faith with that through yoga, it just became like this really powerful worship experience that I don't really find anywhere else in life. So those are some of the big things for me is starting and ending with prayer, incorporating scripture in whatever way you can. You can also like, there's apps that will just read a passage of scripture like over and over. And sometimes if you find like a longer passage that you want to focus on, um, you can play an app like that while you're practicing. So you're just hearing those words like spoken to you. Um, and then using music is really helpful. And I think the biggest thing is just knowing your heart and your intention. And if you're going to a class with a teacher, knowing their heart and their intention. And if you can trust that, like I said, the whole practice is structured as a way to help you connect with God, 
then I think that's a really safe way to approach Christian yoga. Safe and effective. (laughs) Definitely. That is all just a lot to think about and consider and apply to any part of our lives. Just remembering the intention of ourselves and the people around us and being super mindful and, and guarded when needed and just aware. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the intention is like just such an important part of it because I think that God honors our heart and he honors our intention and that when we're doing anything with the intention of serving him and growing closer to him and developing a deeper relationship with him, like he wants to honor that and he wants to come alongside that. So I'm just a big believer and advocate for the fact that like if your intentions are pure and rooted in scripture, then God is going to be in that space. Um, And so for yoga, that's just like one area in my life where I've really found that and seen that to be true. So yes, intention is everything. Definitely. I see that with my business every single day. I see that with everything. Intention is what really matters. And it it speaks about that in the Bible that what is in our heart eventually will pour out through our mouths. And God knows that. And we can't hide that from him. So I think that is so true. But I know you said you were a dancer. And one thing that I've always wondered is how do people like yourself as a Christian yoga teacher, like how do you discover Christian yoga? How do you get into doing that? And like, how do you start being a teacher? Like what, what does that look like? Yeah. So I know that everybody's like experience is kind of different. Like I had a conversation with, um, a new friend, a girl who's actually attending one of the retreats that I'm doing this year. And she, like her and I were, you know, kind of talking about our experiences cause she's a Christian yoga instructor as well. And kind of like got into yoga and then realized that you could combine your faith with it. And my experience is super different from that. And so I think that's kind of why I might have a unique perspective on what Christian yoga is. But like I mentioned, I was a dancer. So after high school, I moved to New York and I was training and working as a dancer there and I loved it. And I took a couple of yoga classes um, at my dance studio, but they were just very secular. There wasn't any of the like Eastern religion mixed into it, but it definitely wasn't Christian. Um, And I just, you know, probably took like four or five, like not many, but just was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing to do, whatever. And then when I stopped dancing, I, you know, was working out in other capacities, but just missed the way that my body had felt when I danced, like just missed the flexibility. And like, I just always felt tight and like, like I was sore a lot more often. And so one summer I started doing yoga with a friend who it's really funny to look back on it because like neither of us had any idea what we were doing. Like she was kind of teaching me, but she didn't really know either. And we would just sort of go outside stretch and like talk about faith and about life and what we were learning and what we were doing. And it was just this like really organic thing where it wasn't like I was going to classes. I wasn't watching videos. Like I was just spending time with this friend and just because what we normally talked about was like our faith in life that kind of made its way into our like workout time um and so then after that summer where I had been doing yoga more frequently my husband and I we got married and then we went to South America for six months and while we were traveling I was wanting ways to exercise but I couldn't really go running in the areas that we were in because it wasn't super safe and we didn't have a gym and we didn't have any equipment and so right before we left I was like oh I'll just buy like a yoga mat and take it with me and maybe I can keep stretching like I did over the summer and that'll be helpful and so it was like like I said all just super casual 
casual, whatever, just going to bring my mat, learn as I go. And um, we started traveling and I just like really quickly got into it and was started doing it every day for like an hour or longer. Like I would just go and I would listen to sermons and podcasts and music and just stretch and was kind of like making up combinations and probably doing things so wrong. Like I'm sure you know, I could look back on myself now. I would be like, Danica, what were you doing? But it was just fun and it felt like dancing again. And um, I just found that it was kind of clearing my mind and helping me really focus on the sermons I was listening to or the scripture I was reading. And that when I would pray at the end of it, it just felt much more real. Like I felt this kind of calmness and closeness with God that I hadn't really found. And I'm, you can probably tell from how fast I talk, I'm a very like high energy, like go, go, go person, like, like to be really busy, always have things going on. And yoga was really teaching me to slow down. Um, and I think that was just translating into like my faith and my approach to my relationship with the Lord. And so it was kind of like just through doing these movements, not having an intentional religious attachment to it, just organically started to influence my relationship with God and like the way I was approaching life. And so once I became aware of that, I just started trying to be more intentional about it and really think like, okay, wow, like how can I make this practice even more of an opportunity to connect with God? And that's when I started playing a lot of worship music, listening to the scripture readings, um, writing verses at the top of my mat, praying more, like really using it as a time to be like, okay, God, my mind is calm and quiet while I'm moving through this series. Like, what do you have to teach me? Like distractions are gone. What do you have here? And so it just kind of became this personal practice. And then when we were getting ready to come back to the States, I was just so fired up about how my relationship with the Lord was changing that I started looking into like, what would it look like to help other people experience this? Like, I didn't even know if Christian yoga was really a thing. Like if you could get certified in that, was anybody making videos? Was anybody doing this? Um, but I started looking into it and I, ended up finding a company called Holy Yoga and they do an awesome certification program that was like nine weeks online and then an eight day retreat in Arizona. And so I just kind of randomly decided to go for it and I signed up for it and went through the training. And then I had a background in fitness. I taught fitness classes for years. And like I said, I danced. And so I felt really prepared to teach when I came back and I just like one week after getting back started teaching, um, and loved teaching and taught at a bunch of different studios uh, in the area that we were living in last year. And some of the places I was able to teach like fully Christian yoga, where I would play worship music and have the prayer. And then another studio I taught at was more of a secular studio. It was a YMCA. So they were like comfortable with the concept of it being Christian, but it definitely wasn't as much of like a worshipful experience as I had done in other capacities. So that kind of became an opportunity for me to figure out, okay, how do I use yoga as a way to minister to people who might not be believers? Um, and so again, it was like playing the instrumental worship music. I had a mat that had a Bible verse on it. So it's like laying at the top of the class. Like you can see the verse when people would walk in. So just trying to find ways and like the language that I used and the things that I did to help introduce people to faith. Um, people who might not really experience it in another way because maybe they're not seeking out Christianity, but it kind of became this um, almost like evangelism opportunity. And I had some amazing conversations and like friendships that came out of that space. So that's kind of the long version, but that was like my progression from just being curious with yoga to teaching and now leading retreats and having the whole online platform built around it.
That is so cool. And what an amazing Thank way you. to minister to others through doing something that you love and allowing yeah. God to just take that and surrender it to him and see what he's done with it. That is just so amazing and Thank so you. inspiring. I feel so lucky to get to do it. Like when I was talking with my friend who's a Christian yoga instructor, I was just saying like, we have such an opportunity to use the thing we love and like our vocation to help other people experience the Lord. And that to me is just something that I don't take lightly. And I'm yeah, really thankful and like honored that this is something I get to do. I think that that is beautiful, and I think that anyone listening, no matter what your gifts or your talents are or your job is, there are so many ways that God can work through it if you just surrender it at His feet. And I think you're a perfect example. You just, you had no intentions with yoga other than staying fit, and then God, you allowed God to work through this, and it became a ministry, and now you're able to help other women. So what? I understand how you went from being just a dancer to liking yoga to now having a biblical approach to it, but what was the name, Unshaken Yoga? Where did that come from? Like, is that biblical? Like, how did that get inspired? Yeah, absolutely. So um, pretty soon after I got my certification and started teaching, I was realizing like, wow, teaching in a studio is awesome, but... I just knew that it wasn't the same experience as I was having like at home in my own practice with the Lord. And I think that's because like to really connect with God, it's something that is very personal. And so I decided I wanted to create a resource that would help people learn how to integrate faith and yoga. Um, And so they could do it by themselves because if they couldn't get access to a Christian yoga studio, then practicing at home might be the best option. So I was like, oh, I'll just like make this little resource, not a big deal, just kind of something to do. And then I think it was just God again, coming in and being like, you are looking at this so small as like this little thing. And so he just like made that so much bigger. And I kind of created this one product. It was my like first program, which I still sell. And it's just my 31 day program. It was 31 days of yoga flows and devotionals that was intended to help people learn how to integrate their faith and yoga, um, in a way that they could do at home. And so I like create this product and then realize, Oh, well I have to have like something to call it. I have to, I guess, have like a business name. I'm like so naive. I don't know what I'm doing. And so my husband and I just start brainstorming and we're coming up with these different things. And, we probably threw out like three or four names. And then all of a sudden it was just like unshaken yoga. It just like came right into my head. And I looked back, um, at the Bible verse that I had used when I taught my first class and it was Acts 2, 25 through 28. And the first part of that verse says, for the Lord is at my right hand that I will not be shaken. And it was just like, oh my gosh, it came together so quickly. Like the first that God had brought me in my first class. And then this name, it just was like the connection. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's what Unshaken Yoga represents is this like rootedness and this connectedness to God. And that when we are connected to him and when we're showing up daily to invest in our relationship, like there is no storm that we can't weather, that there's nothing that should shake us. And so the concept of Unshaken, which has carried into kind of my expansion of Unshaken Yoga called Stand Unshaken, is just all about like rooting yourself in the Lord so that you can stand strong no matter what comes your way and that you can move forward with confidence and with faith and with security in who the Lord has called you to be. So yeah, unshaken and that word and that concept is super, super near and dear to my heart um, and was 100% God inspired. 
That's so awesome. And it seems like you definitely look at this more. It, it is a business, but you definitely look at it more as a ministry. It, it, that's what yeah. it seems like in a way to help women. So in Absolutely. all the ways that you're helping women and encouraging them and leading them in your ministry, what ways are you encouraged to go deeper with your faith? And are you able then to encourage other girls to do the same? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that I have seen, and it started with yoga, but has carried into so many other areas of my life, is that God has so much more for us than we recognize, um, and that there is an opportunity to be so much closer to Him than I really ever thought. Like, I grew up going to church. My parents both work in ministry. Like I was very comfortable and confident in my faith, like went to youth group all throughout high school, like did a bunch of mission trips, things like that, like would have said I was very rooted and confident in my faith. Um, but once I started doing yoga and experienced through that, what true closeness with the Lord felt like, it was just like, whoa, this is a whole new world of like depth and of like, yeah, closeness and just understanding and that kind of relationship with the Lord and having a better understanding of what he had called me to do and who he had created me to be just really brought about like new levels of boldness and confidence that was rooted in like, no, I know who I am. I know what I'm created for. So like, let's get it done. And I think that that's something I really hope to expose people to through yoga is like, I know some people like my husband, he really, really connects with scripture. Like he just, when he sits and he reads the Bible, he loves like his book of common prayer. Like he feels God through that space so much and like just sitting in stillness. And for me, it's through like movement. It's through the worship music. It's through like all of those different elements of a Christian yoga practice. And I think that there are probably a lot of people who are like me and sort of felt this disconnect of like, oh, I just don't feel that close to God, like through scripture or through prayer. Like, I just feel like something isn't quite clicking and wanting to show them that there's a different way to spend time with the Lord that just for whatever reason might work better for you. Like if you're like me and you have a very active mind and you really like to be doing stuff and you stay busy, like doing something that is calm, like yoga, but is still active really allows my mind to focus in a way that it can't when I'm like just being quiet. Um, So I think that's the first thing is that I hope yoga exposes people to like a new level of relationship with Christ. And then from that, they can carry that off their mat and head out into their life um, just to live with intention and to make an impact, which is like the tagline of this other element of my business, Stand Unshaken, which is all about um, how then does your faith influence your life in every area? What does it look like for the way that we eat, for the way that we date, um, for the way that we shop? Like every area of our life should be influenced by our relationship with the Lord. Um, And I think the more that we're, again, rooted in that relationship, the easier it is to carry that out in everything that we do just naturally because of what we're learning and what God tells us to do. So. I definitely agree with that. I think that every single part of our life should be rooted in Christ. And since it is rooted in Christ, then that really determines a lot. It really changes how we view things. And I have a background in nutrition. And one Mm -hmm. thing that I tell my clients a lot is that biblically we're commanded to treat our bodies like a temple we know that the holy spirit dwells within us and our bodies were bought at a price so as a christian how do you think that we're able to carry that out in our daily life i know that you had mentioned that you really feel like being 
it with Christ and having him in the center influences everything. But how as a Christian do you think that the listener today could carry that out? Yeah, I think absolutely. I so agree with what you say about like viewing our bodies as a temple. And I think people might be kind of confused by like what that means. But um, for me, in a lot of ways, a big part of it is like just taking care of our bodies because uh, when we're healthy, we're able to love and serve other people so much better. Um, A friend of mine did a live teaching on my Instagram platform last week and she shared a quote that I probably won't say as well as she did, but I just loved it. And she said that like we were created for something big and that when we are sick or unhealthy or dealing with insecurity, that it makes our world small because we're so focused on what's going on internally that we lose the ability to like give externally. And so I think that that just like, I heard her say that and I was like, that is so true. That is exactly the language that should be used to describe this concept of why treating your body like a temple allows you to care for other people so much better and to serve the Lord. Because When you're waking up every day with energy and you feel good and you feel confident and you're just ready to go out and do whatever God has for you, like that is so powerful. And so I think that there is a lot of it that kind of starts internally um, and even can be broken down as small as like our workout routine and our nutrition and those things kind of being the foundation of being able to serve God every day. Definitely. I 100% agree with that. And that's one thing that I really try to instill in my clients. I actually do a mentorship right now um, with different girls going through nutrition and how to treat their bodies like a temple. And that is Mm -hmm. what we talk about all the time. And it is just so amazing how God works through that and how when we give our bodies to him and we fill ourselves with his truth and we're mindful that what we're eating affects us and how we move and just moving 30 minutes a day really makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. The Lord really Absolutely. honors that and he's able to work through us more. Like you said, the better that we feel, the more we're able to serve and the more we're able to ultimately serve him. Yeah. Absolutely. I just totally agree with that so much and think it's so important for people to understand that and also like once you taste what it feels like to feel good, you just know that there's no going back. You're like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world of like energy, of excitement, of passion for life. And it becomes really easy to like adopt those healthy practices into your daily routine. So I think that's really cool that you get to do that. Yeah. So what are ways that you can and other women are able to stand unshaken in their faith? Oh my goodness. So many different things, but I think at the core of it, um, the biggest thing that you have to have in place is understanding who you are and what you were created for. And that's kind of like the whole root of the retreats that I lead. It's called the reclaim retreat. And it's all about reclaiming your identity and putting on your identity and walking in that, um, that you're a child of the Lord and that you were created for a specific purpose with unique gifts and unique talents that nobody else can copy. And I think that that's something I battled with for a long time. I definitely had a period of life where I dealt with so much insecurity and fear and really just, I see now how much it was holding me back. But once I was able to understand, like, wait a minute, everything else is so small and so insignificant in comparison to the life that God has for us. Like, why would I allow these little things to hold me back? And so it's definitely still something that like, it's an ongoing battle and there are times of insecurity, but like, 
I believe that I was created for a purpose and I so strongly believe that everyone was created for a purpose. And I just want people to believe that about themselves and to know that like they are capable and they are strong and they are powerful because when you know that and you know that all of that again is backed by who the Lord created you to be and by his power, like there is nothing that you can't handle. There's nothing that you can't do. There's no dream that's too big. Like everything really does become possible with him. Um, And so that's just something that I think is so big is that when you know who you are, there's nothing that anyone can say. There's nothing that anyone can do. Like there's no amount of failure that can sway you because you know that you are walking the path that the Lord has for you. So I think the biggest thing is not to look at like, what should I do tomorrow or what should I do? But like just searching internally and taking time to really pray and process through like, God, in what ways am I not believing who you say I am? And then just, again, using that language of, like, reclaiming the truth of God's word and turning away from, like, the lies of the world. And just coming back to, like, your original creation and God's original intention for you, because that will just make you so strong and so confident and capable of doing so much more. I just want to circle back to the point you had about knowing who you are. And I just want to touch on that a little bit. And in my own personal experience of coming into being confident and feeling secure and going where the Lord has led me, it's not just about knowing who I am, but knowing whose I am, knowing that I am a daughter of the King and that without him, I am nothing, but with him, all of the things he has planned for my life are going to unfold. So I just think that is so powerful for us to be reminded of every day and to, like you said, just to root our confidence and identity Mm -hmm. deeply in him. Absolutely. Yes. It's just, it's the most important thing. And, and through the retreats, like I just got to see that the like way that people's eyes change and their expression changes when it really starts to click, like, Oh my gosh, like I, belong to the Lord. He has chosen me. He wants good things for me. He wants to walk alongside me. And it's like everything shifts. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think the most powerful and like incredible thing to witness and to experience and what it gives you is just huge. The potential that you have to serve the Lord and to serve others is just amplified times a million. Amen. (laughs) We're all here to serve him and how beautiful it is that you are able to equip women to do that. I I love that. It's just, it's really cool. I love it too. (laughs) (laughs) So let's take a moment. We have talked about business kind of briefly, like we scratched the surface, but I just want to take a second as a businesswoman, I have a huge heart for business. I've been doing business for Mm -hmm. years. Um, And I just want to know for all of the girls that are listening that have blogs and have businesses and want to be entrepreneurs, what is the best tip and piece of advice that you've been given as a woman in faith to keep yourself rooted in Christ as you pursue this business and also make it a ministry like how do you balance that and what is the best advice you've been given I think absolutely the biggest thing out there is you have to understand why you are doing it and that if your why is to make money um to gain like a claim for people to think you're cool, to be able to travel, like none of that is going to be enough to sustain you because like no matter how smooth and exciting and passionate like you are and whatever your journey looks like, like it's going to be difficult. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Starting a business is hard and it is so exciting. It's my favorite thing I've ever done, but it is challenging. And I think that if you don't have something really 
important to drive you forward, then it's going to be hard to have the motivation to keep going when it gets tough. So I think understanding your why, which again comes back to that closeness with the Lord and asking him like, God, why are you calling me to this? Like, what can I give other people? How can I serve other people through this? Even if it is something as small as like, I don't want to say this is small, but like, I want to be an entrepreneur so that I can like be home and love my family. Like that is enough. Like, yes, it's just about you and your family. It's not serving maybe this greater purpose because maybe you're selling a product that doesn't necessarily serve other people. But if that is your why and your why is to be home for your family, like that is enough. That will drive you forward because it's rooted in still serving others and serving the Lord through that. Um, And so I think that would just be the biggest thing I would say and something that I've definitely seen like when I first started out with Unshaken Yoga, it was like, yeah, I'm doing this because I want to offer people a product. And then very quickly, all the business elements of it and trying to figure out how to make money and how to do all of this, like quickly got in the way. And I had to sort of walk through that for a little and realize, wait, this isn't working. And then strip all that back and come back to God, I am here to connect people with you through the practice of yoga. So what is the next thing that I can do to do that well? And then everything else kind of starts to fall into place. And so I know that probably sounds like cheesy. It's like every single, like you can hear sermons, you listen to like marketing podcasts and it's like, know your why, know your why. But on a personal level, it is so important because it's going to be the thing that drives you. But also on a business level, other people need to know like, what you're offering them through it or what your motivation and purpose is for doing what you're doing. And if you don't know your why, like you're going to be confused, your audience is going to be confused and it just won't have kind of the same fuel to really last, you know, to make it the distance and to last for a long time. Like what we're you know, hoping for to build sustainable businesses that can support us and can serve others. So that might be a bit cliche, but I really do think that it's the most important thing you can do when trying to approach, you know, being an entrepreneur and we're starting a blog or whatever your business looks like. Oh, I totally agree. And I am, I have, I guess I've run a business for, since I was 14, 15. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I have owned multiple different businesses and now I own one that allows me to work from home and be for my family. And it definitely works as a way to serve others. So if your goal Mm -hmm. is to be a mom that's able to be home for her kids and take care of the house, that is not selfish at all. That is serving your family well. And biblically, women are the stewarders of the house and the children. And that is how I feel. And I just feel so blessed that God honors that and allows us in today's day and age to have so much accessibility to run our own businesses and to Uh work from home because I know that I'm a better mom because I'm able to be home with my son. And I know personally that is just what's best for us. Um, So I really feel like the Lord honors women who are honoring him. I mean, there's Uh no question about that. Absolutely. So I have picked some questions from listeners today. I picked five that they sent in to answer, and I'm really excited about these. Um, (laughs) They asked amazing questions. They never fail to surprise me. So fearlessly, Rachel Grace asked, isn't yoga rooted in demonic, pagan, and religion practices? And I think that's a question a lot of people have. I know I mentioned this to someone very close to me and they're like, whoa, like yoga? That is, that is off limits. 
Yeah. So this is definitely a conversation that I have had so many times. And one thing that I want to say too, is like, I just appreciate that people ask these questions rather than just condemning the practice, like trying to understand it because I'm definitely like that. Like when I started getting into yoga, I did a lot of my own research around like, wait a minute. Yeah. Isn't yoga not good for Christians? What does it mean? Um, and kind of had to learn that myself. And so some of the big things that I really stick to is one, and this is something I learned through my yoga teacher training about the history of yoga is that the movement of yoga came first and then it was adopted into Eastern religions. So it's not actually a practice that is born out of religion. It is a practice that was brought into religion. And so the postures are not actually like structured just around like worshiping eastern gods there are definitely elements of that that you see in those eastern religions but like at its core the postures are just movement um nothing else like they're they're movements that you would see in any like dance class gymnastics class like people who are like a baseball team stretching you're gonna do forward folds you're gonna stretch your body like the movement does not carry any sort of like bad intention um and then again it's that word intention again like just coming back to like what you are there for like yes there are people who can you know do yoga in a way that they're worshiping false gods but like someone could also walk into a church and they could do the same thing like your intention is what determines who you're connecting with and if you are striving to connect with god then like there's no reason that yoga can't be um a Christian practice. So no yoga, the movement is not actually rooted in any sort of religion. Yes. For like thousands of years, it has been used in Eastern religion, but that's not even like where it fully started. I love that. I love how it circles back to the intention and your heart. Mm-hmm. Once again, I, that is a theme throughout all of our life. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to butcher this username, um, but Liliana Oakman asks, should a Christian do yoga? Is it a new age practice? So is this a new age practice? So kind of the same thing, I feel like, as my answer with the last question of just, it can be whatever you want it to be. Um, and another thing that I tell people is like, Christian yoga has changed my life. It has been so huge in my relationship with the Lord, but I will never encourage you to do it if it makes you uncomfortable. So if you feel like it's just not something that you want to do, it's not a way that you're going to connect with the Lord, then that's totally fine. But there, there's no reason that other people can't use it as a tool to connect with God. Um, it's, it's not rooted in anything. It's just your intention and what you bring to it. I mean, I don't know really any other way to say it. I do think it's super important to make sure that you're taking classes from an instructor who you feel spiritually safe under, or that you're learning how to do it at home in a way that you can incorporate those Christian elements. Because of course, if you're going to a class where someone is teaching from an Eastern religion perspective, then you're exposing yourself to that. But it's not the fault of yoga. It's the instructor and the style that they teach it from. So So you can find like new age style practices. You can find Hindu style practices. You can find these things, but Christian yoga is absolutely accessible and something that you can find as well. So another question was from Freckles and Redheads. And she asked, why is yoga so judged in the Christian community? And as a teacher, how do you navigate that? Mm. 
this is a good one. <laughs> Yoga is so judged in the Christian community. And I think at the beginning, um, I was maybe a little bit more hurt by that or like even angry about like, why are people so critical of this thing? But I've really come to understand that it's just kind of rooted in, um, I think, a lack of understanding most times and fear. And I think it's not a bad thing that people want to be cautious of their spirituality and to make sure that they're, you know, not exposing themselves to anything that would, like, threaten their relationship with God. Um so I think it's fine for people to be cautious and to be asking that question, but I just think it's really important for people to be educated about it, um, maybe even to try Christian yoga and see how they feel. I've had a lot of people who tell me, like, oh, yeah, I tried a video, like, just kind of thinking it was going to be whatever, but, like, wow, I've never felt the Lord that way. Like, that is something that I have heard over and over from, like, comments on YouTube, like, emails I've gotten, classes I've taught, like, people coming up to me just being like, wow, I've never felt God as closely as I just did. And like, that has nothing to do with my teaching. It's just that people are putting themselves in a different place of connecting with God. And so I think that if you're maybe having a conversation with someone who is being really critical of yoga, or maybe you feel that way, just take the time to like, look into it a little bit more. Don't listen to every like spammy article that you'll find on Google that just isn't giving actual facts or sharing experiences um and just try it for yourself do it in an environment that's safe like make sure it's really from someone who teaches christian yoga um but just to give it a shot and at this point like i just know my experience with yoga and so i still like weekly get comments from people um you know emails or dms on instagram things like that people being like hey just so you know christians aren't allowed to do yoga and i'm like God is so much bigger than everything. Like he can redeem anything. And I think that we're really keeping him small if we believe that there is a practice that is bigger than his ability to be in it. So that's just kind of where I've landed on it. I love getting to introduce people to it, but I also don't want to think negatively or be upset by people who just don't get it. Wow. Um, so the, yes, definitely. I'm still just processing through everything you said and just letting it settle in my heart. Um, but Hillary asked, what are the poses? Are there any specific poses that are worshiping idols and that we should stay away from and avoid doing? Yeah. So what I would say is no, there are not any postures, um, that, can open you up to other spirits. Another thing that I say a lot of times is people are saying, well, isn't yoga worshiping other gods? Well, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you believe in God, then you don't believe in those other gods. And so why would you assume that a posture could open you up to something that in line with our faith doesn't exist? Um, but even if that was the case, the poses specifically are not going to expose you to demonic threat. Um, some of the things that I try to avoid and that could potentially be more harmful is like the chanting. Um, you know, there's a lot of like Sanskrit terms. I don't use any of those in my practice because that then you're engaging in more of the um, religious elements of yoga rather than just the physical elements of it. So as far as the postures go, don't worry. But um, make sure that the language that you're using, the words that you're speaking during your practice are are very, you know, biblically rooted and scripturally sound and that you're not, that would be the biggest thing. And that's why sometimes I'm hesitant about going to studios or encouraging other people to go to studios is because you can be in a class where someone is praying to a God that you don't believe in. And that's not something I would ever want people to be around, but just moving through the postures of yoga is not going to be. 
risky. Well, thank you so much for all of that information and the wisdom. It was so great to be able to have you on the podcast today. And where can a listener go and connect with you and find you online? Yeah, um, a couple different ways. So the best way is um, to follow me on Instagram. The handle for that is I stand unshaken. And that's just kind of where everything that I do through my business kind of circles through. And so it's the best way to really stay up to date on like the events that we have coming up and the different teachings and things like that. Um, and then from there, you can also get linked to my unshaken yoga Instagram account, find my YouTube channel, um, and then also the website. So everything's kind of right there. Um, it's probably the easiest way. I guess if you don't have Instagram, Instagram, then just going to our website, standunshaken.com, or on YouTube, you can find our channel under Unshaken Yoga. Those would probably be the best ways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was amazing to talk to you and hear all of the truth and the wisdom. I'm so energized and excited about the conversation we had. Thank you so much. I hope that that helped clear some things up for people about Christian yoga. And if anybody has other questions, I would just love to continue that conversation with them. And so, yeah, thank you so much for just giving me a platform to speak about this practice that has changed my life so much. And it was fun to get to hear more about everything that you do. And I'm just really thankful. Oh, thanks, girl. As always, friends, it is such a joy to be able to have these conversations with you. One of my favorite parts of the week is being able to record podcast interviews with amazing women who are pursuing God with their whole hearts and who live, truly live for Jesus. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And I want to make a note because recently I have been so encouraged and so inspired and just so blown away and thankful for our community on Instagram, particularly the Inspiring Honey community on Instagram. Right now, we're a little bit over 15,000 people. And I am so encouraged by the way God has been inspiring other people, bringing people into our community, and building friendships within everyone that's a part of the community. It has been so encouraging to see it grow and see God work so deeply through it. If you're not already a friend on Instagram and part of the Inspiring Honey community, head over to Instagram right now and follow Inspiring Honey. There is amazing things coming on there and there's going to be so many different resources to help you dive deeper with your relationship with the Lord. Every single Monday, a new podcast is released, so make sure you are subscribed and leave a review below telling me what you love about today's episode or what your favorite episode has been. Every single Thursday, there is a new blog post uploaded to inspiringhoney.com, which are bomb. So if you don't already, make sure that you are going to check Inspiring Honey. Um, There's a lot of different resources on there, and there's a lot of different ways that you can personally work with me. So head over to inspiringhoney.com. We have some exciting things launching in May, um, but I'll tell you guys more about those in the near future. So if not, I will talk to you later, and I hope you have an amazing, amazing week, and I can't wait to talk to you in next week's podcast episode, and I also can't wait to connect with you online. Bye, friends.